grain. The movie's trash, you know? What, no Q&A? You don't see a film and say, Joe Schmo did the fucking clue. As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. Discord. Best Bender. Get me bracket. Podcast. Patreon. Shafty. Instagram. Never make a movie. Like Final Cut Pro. Reduced black ratio. You are in creative. We get it. Let the creative people talk to the money people. If I give you a credit, it's up to me, and what it says is up to me. This is a film. Rub Vaseline on a limb. Rogue actor. Gritty New York City. I'm my fucking line producer, trust fund, baby. We got Ion Pack. We got uh, Tony Hawk is in the house. Very creative what we do. If your agent calls me in any way whatsoever, you're fired from the film. You'll never make it in this business. Why do we have to see his fucking name in the movie? Huh? I, I'm crazy about sound. We were watching Mean Girls. James Gray sucked. Wes Anderson sucked. I was right. obsessed with trash. Spike Jones sucked bad. Robert Altman. And I don't even make movies. It's like the sound is off in the theater. I, I go mentally ill. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Right, yo, what the fuck is really good, everybody? We are back. Episode 126, Hopefulness. You, are you actually want to call it that? Yeah. But yeah. now we're not filming it, so it doesn't make sense. Well, I actually think it's a great place to start. <laughs> we once had an episode called Hopelessness. In which well, how is it called that again? I don't know. Yeah. I, know. I think because I was talking about Pessoa's idea of hopelessness. There's and how it's randomly spot. like a freeing... con, Like it's a... F- liberating idea oh, yeah, to yeah, like yeah. just be hopeless yeah, in your life yeah, yeah. or embracing the idea that like everything's fucked um which kind of is applicable here <laughs> um damn so we just set up the camera we were gonna like film ourselves doing the solo like we did on the episode hopelessness where we filmed ourselves in curtis's music studio with like the guitars and shit is black and white we put on for all kinds of different musicians, gave them a career. We did, <laughs> you know, we did a lot of stuff for other people, and we were like, I don't know, for, why did we even decide to film that one? It was know. like, I short, think it was the same thing. You were like, we should be filming the solos. I was like, all right. What was the idea of? Because like we had revealed ourselves. Yeah, you were like, let's the, just do it, and I was like, all right. Well, because obviously, on some level, I was always hesitant to be not anonymous. But then I was like, if we're not anonymous, then we should embrace the idea of not being anonymous. And be filmed or like yeah. be, but then it feels like content creation. It feels like we're becoming whack people. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that just pilled me though and made me actually shut the camera off that you just said was that you liked listening to people talk or podcasts and imagining what they're doing. Yeah, I don't need to fucking see it. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure most of the audience would agree that like, yeah, it doesn't need to be seen. But then again, it's like, why does the guests need to be seen? Like, why are we filming them? Well, that's cool. They're guests. Yeah, but we're us. Yeah, we want to see us like all the time. See us when you need to see us. But you don't need to see everything. That's like maybe this is a losing strategy, but it's like that's some TikTok style thinking. You got to see everything all the time. You got to see like all the mundanity. You got to see the person's whole life. Like I'm not with that. You got to see all the mundanity. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. It was I, that felt very existential. What we just did. We like started recording. We like started a pod. <laughs> The pod began. There's like a recorded like th- three minutes of us being like, yo, what the fuck is really good, everybody? We're back. Like, <laughs> and then, and then. Yeah, we, it was off to a good start. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It, wa- it really wasn't. The first minute was pretty sick. I was like, okay, we're. Nah. It was, no, it was, it was bad. Yeah. I didn't have headphones on. We were both kind of like thinking about how we looked. It was like, it wasn't good. I felt, I felt it. No, I just didn't. I, I don't like feeling the like sense of performing. Which you're obviously doing when you're just doing audio too, but somehow it's less so. It's like feels more real. So do you prefer this over to going live, or, do you, or is live better? You hate both. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the. I just don't. I don't know. How am I the exhibitionist? I don't know. I'm not. That felt horrible for some reason. <laughs> just you now, are though somehow. Somehow. Yeah. But it was. An existential. I'm not thing. like. I guess I'm not so against it in theory. I just. I'm not against it in theory. I just like you know. I like seeing a peek into the kind of everyday life of someone. If it's a documentary, if it's like some kind of there's like a purpose behind it, yeah. and you get to see a specific glimpse, and then that kind of can open your imagination and inform the work of the person in a special way, all this kind of stuff. Like there's like a, a yeah. time and place for it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's a role that it plays in following the subject of whatever the video is. But yeah. then when you get these like TikTok style content people, it's just like everything is filmed. It's just some other kind of thing that I don't really want to partake in. I think the reason we filmed hopelessness was because we, it was like, that's one of the only times we've ever recorded in there. And I was like, it looks cool. No, we've actually we did a couple in there. I forgot about that. Like two or three. Yeah, but I'm saying like I th- I feel like that was like oh that's like that space looks cool or like yeah, it feels yeah, like yeah. an event yeah or like going to the hotel with some like the, yeah the terrace is fire yeah something about breaking the form of like filming where we actually interview guests and talk to them felt wrong mm-hmm. but I don't know it's like I've been thinking about this kind of shit a lot recently. Just like even getting back into Dean Blunt and like Salem show the other night. Just like these people whose like personalities I'm like so sort of like smitten with. They're just like a picture can be like a huge drop in my life. So I'm like, oh, this like picture of Jack getting Yeah, but you can't like try to be like that. Just, you know, no, no, no you can't like try that, to be just, like that. Just, they just are like yeah. that. I know. But then to do something so aggressively not like that, to be it's like filmed conversation. Yeah. It act- I actually was like going to kill myself. I know. And then I feel like such a kind of you know miserable like complainer to be like fuck content and like i hate this shit but like also fuck that well no i think we're jumping the gun a little bit i feel like if if we ever level up out of the existence of like this office and there's like some like howard stern style set and like other people are filming it and shit that would feel cool yeah for sure 
But when it's just like us doing it, it's just like some like pathetic John. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If this feels like the camera's still pointing at us, but like it's just not on. It just feels so like, yeah, like little kid. Uh, well, whatever. We're not filming it. So I don't know. Should, what do you guys think? Should, should we? we? Yeah. Should we turn it back on just mid pod? <laughs> it just comes back on. They have to like watch through the black. Um, what do you guys think? Should we film it? Do you guys want to see us? No, right? Yeah, no. Um, all right. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like if there was if there's anything I listen to a lot, if I'd give a shit about watching the video. Uh, yeah, audio is just cooler. Yeah, I do like watching Howard Stern videos, though. That's because it's some whole shit. Yeah, but it's also like a different era and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to watch videos of like current pods or something like that. But like think about like the Gallo on Stern thing. It's yeah. like multi camera, it's like a cool set. There's like some like weird like like in the hallway area, like on the couch before yeah, yeah, he yeah, goes yeah, yeah. in. It's yeah. like some whole world. Mm, exactly. This is just some like the table. <laughs> like the booth. Mm-hmm. The couch. The couch looks sick. I like the couch with the guests. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway. We're back, everybody. We fucking saw Barbenheimer. We saw all kinds of shit. But yeah, wait. So what? El- before we get into that, what else? What have we done since the last solo? Let's what do you mean? What have we done? Like we always like talk about whatever shit is happening. I like had sex. I like ate. <laughs> like I, like I, I've been doing all kinds of shit. We went to Philly. Went to Philly. That's right. You mm-hmm. DJ. That was fun. That was fun. Big shouts to that Philly crew, Gavin. Big shouts. Actually, let's t- let's pause for Philly for a second because there was a strange stillness in the air after we got out of that club place that night. That is very unique to Philadelphia, yeah. and it's not just like a city that's dead and like the partying's done. It's like the actual place itself is like a little stiller. It is such a calm, like. It it is weird. It's weird because it's like also. I, I was calm. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped off stage. Did, did you? Brad's Brad's been posting so much shit like that. Lately. How does he find? I know. That shit? I know. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because it's like a dangerous place, but it just feels so. Well, where we were still. wasn't. Yeah, 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 yeah but Society Hill is not particularly dangerous, but. There's like a neighbor. It's kind of like what I liked about living like in Bedsty. There was like kind of like a neighborhood. There's like a residential stillness, but in Philly, it feels like an existential stillness. Like I felt myself being more contemplative about where we are at in our lives. But remember that mm-hmm. talk we had in mm-hmm. like the parking lot after? Yeah, I was just looking around. I was like, "How is it so quiet? I could like hear myself think." Yeah, I know it was kind of crazy. I like. I really remember it. I mean. Yeah, places, just like the energy that places have is like, it's very real. It's not just a product of like, oh, it's a residential spot, so it's quiet. It is just like a strange, yeah, hard to put to words energy thing. We talk about this on the Kills Pause, and I don't want to like bring it up now, but... Uh, no, but it's true, because I even, last night, big shouts to Joe Apollonia, by the way, I went to a show at Joe's Pub. I walked out, and I was like walking, I was walking down the Bowery, and I called my mom, and it was like unfathomable how fucking loud the city was. I couldn't he- understand what she was saying to me. I like ran into somebody. Big shout out to Christopher Abbott. I, I like, there was like a fucking siren going. There's just like mad people. And it's obviously it's just like a busy city. But like, it was also just like an existential noise where I was just like, I can't fucking think. I don't, I don't know what, I, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I can't hear myself. Like I can't hear my internal yeah. monologue. 
It does feel crazy coming back here after spending time there. I was there for like a week. I mean, I love it here so much because it kind of, I actually like being taken out of my head. It's, I think it's part of the reason I was maybe depressed in like Pennsylvania was just mm-hmm. that like I was listening to myself too much. I think yeah. New York doesn't provide a lot of space for me to like worry. Yeah. So much. I mean, it's like, it's hard to live here, but like, I'm not like in my head so much because it's like, it's too hectic, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. But there is something to be said for that. I was like, I haven't really like checked in with myself in mad long. Like even when I do therapy, I'm like low key. Like I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like I can't, I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Like I'll just like, I, like I had therapy, I had it today or yesterday today. And I was like, just listing off things that I'm doing. I was like, how's this my therapy? I was like, I was just like stuff I'm doing. I'm like, how am I feeling? I don't even know how I feel. Yeah. But like in Philly that night, I was really like taking stock of like how I feel. And so are you. Yeah. So big shouts to Philly. <laughs> yeah. Big shouts to Philly. We, 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 big shouts to Philly. The, what was it? The epicenter of American indie rock, according to the Strange Ranger review on Pitchfork. Yeah, is that true? I guess it is true. I guess so. I mean, the music press really loves all the Philly shit. So, you know, they like to play it up. But I mean, I think they're playing it up. But also it's, it's also it's all sick. Like, there's like, always good. It's always good shit out of Philly. But it sort of like feels politically safe. It kind of feels like unbiased by like any sort of like scene politics. It's just like, oh, Philly's just about the music. Yeah, it's like just some, some kids doing their thing. Yeah. It's like basically not true. But it's as true as it is anywhere. It's just, I don't know. It's just like a less relevant place. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, all the music coming out of Philly is, is great, and like, it really, there, it really is a holdover from the days of that we were there. Like, you can like hear the memory of the city through the current music there, which is which is an amazing thing. And I love that it's kind of staying like that. And that's like kind of why it is kind of the you know this holdout of indie rock in that way. It yeah. does feel kind of like slightly detached from the culture culture conversation that yeah. you know you hear in media and shit and on social media which is which i think is a good thing one one might call it the hold study what do you mean like philly it's like the hold study oh yeah. i've always liked that phrase even though it's like a, a band i didn't love yeah <laughs> I, that, what I did they sound like again i remember them i don't know i think i had a cd it was some like art brute style shit I feel like I thought it was kind of like art brute I wow was, how the fuck did I pull that yeah, one out wow damn yeah whoa I don't think I've ever listened to that I've seen it wow it was actually far um, um that's what I'm talking about though actually is like the hold study it's like the hold study to like your brain and your soul your spirit mm-hmm. the stillness stillness is the move <laughs> 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 Big shout Dave Longstreth. Um no good. <laughs> you don't remember you don't want to remember that part of our lives? No, no, that's sick. Um Or one could say rise above. Well that. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Now we're we now we're in business. Yeah. So Barbenheimer. There's a fucking lot to talk about here with Barbenheimer. You see Micah called a Swagenheimer. <laughs> He's like, did you guys see Swagenheimer? I was just like, for no reason, it's Swagenheimer. Uh, Mike Gottlieb, you mean the real force behind the, the entire pod and everything we do and say? Yeah. Yeah. The secret puppet master behind the iPad. Me- mezzanionized. Yeah. Um, 
Michael Gottlieb, the puppet master of the Ion Pack. Mezzanine. All the jokes, all the insults are really coming from him in secret. We're just doing his bidding. Um, big, so big shouts, Micah. But I don't know. We shouldn't say that if he wants a career. So that's true. Barbenheimer. I was looking back at the you wanting a career in film monster under the bed meme. The Ion, <laughs> pa- the Ion Pack being the monster and like you above the bed being like, no. <laughs> oh, how times have changed. Um, yeah, damn. I saw, you know, I saw Oppenheimer twice. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That is crazy. As I was going to it for I, the I second like, time, I was like, what am I doing? Th- that's what I, I, it was. What What is he doing of you? Yeah. Well, here's what happened. So obviously the part of the reason they're marketing Oppenheimer, the part of the way in which they're marketing it so hard is like the 70 millimeter thing, like the projection format. It's like they shot some of it in IMAX and this whole bullshit, which I'm like, I guess I think I'm into. Mm-hmm. But like I, having seen it in both ways, or I saw it in 70 millimeter at Village East, Angelica, but to see it on that huge theater in Lincoln Square, you have to like, you have to get tickets like mad far in advance. And like they were, it was, it, it's completely sold out. The, it's entire run in that theater. And I could get one seat a week after it came out at 2 p.m. on like a Tuesday with like a good seat by myself. So I just like had that ticket and I was like, well, I guess I have the ticket and like I might as well see it again. It was actually extremely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the whole 70 millimeter thing, it's sort of like in a way, I, well, here's here's my, this is my hot take, is that I saw Mission Impossible in the Dolby mm-hmm. Theater like a week before low-key mission impossible was more heat really (laughs) people are sleeping on mission impossible yeah i have not seen it but i also saw indiana jones wow we 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 should give our ratings because we did we gave our ratings on the pod that was now deleted yeah yeah because we're filming it um so oppenheimer i'm giving an insane heat absolutely 100 percent. and barbie i'm giving and i'm going mentally ill 100 percent. we are on the same page with both of those ratings yeah um, so let's do Oppenheimer first. Okay. I'll try and keep this brief, but I ha- I I'm, I was very impressed with the movie overall. I yeah. thought And you're a Nolan fan, right? I would not call myself a Nolan fan. I'm not. I'm not basically. Yeah. I think he's like I think he's like basically like objectively a great filmmaker. There are things about his filmmaking that are very not my taste. And like keep me from really emoting when I watch his yeah. movies. Like if you were to compare Oppenheimer to like what I consider my favorite movie, they're not. It's not even close. I yeah. Don't consider Oppenheimer art in comparison. Mm-hmm. I can. I think of it as like some like weird, like Franklin Institute like theme park ride style shit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, there's the Brody takedown of it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. I. What is going on with him? I didn't even read it, but I was just like, "It's what he's like." I can't remember if it was him or because I read a couple takedowns of it, but it's it's like he said it was like a glorified Wikipedia entry or some shit like that. Um, yeah, but that's like if somebody's making a movie that's like giving information or like dramatizing some historically important person's life to a mass audience, like whatever. Mad people are like ignorant and like don't know about the shit. Like, yeah, whatever. It's like he did a sick job of doing that. It's definitely sicker than the fucking Wikipedia article. Yeah, are, you, yeah. are you kidding me? It like goes crazy. Um, All like, the like quirks and ions. But shit. I also just disagree with him because like it seems like what he's saying is the thing that I've said on the pod a million times. It's like a, or it's like a version of the thing I've said on the pod a million times. Like 
uh, you know, when I'm talking about the parasite style movies and how they're not for me because to me, some kind of just movie that's just objectively about something or yeah. is just objectively a metaphor. There's no point to it because it doesn't kind of explore what's possible with visual language, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It, it kind of felt like that's what he was trying to say, but that's ridiculous because it's like, that is so not the case with Oppenheimer. I mean, at just, all. Like, it, that, like he's acting like it, it, the way he was describing it as if it was some kind of, you know, TV movie that just was showing what happened. But I don't really think that was the case at all. Like, it could no. have been more, you know, inner, slightly more inner world, I guess. But I didn't think that when I finished watching it. I wanted more of Oppenheimer's inner world. I thought we got plenty. I thought he, like, well, you know, he makes it clear of kind of him grappling with the moral side yeah. of things and kind of like when it fully hits him what he's done and he was kind of like maybe blinded by just kind of like his own desire for discovery and innovation and also just his own patriotism but that all came across that's essentially all the movie is it's just the yeah. moral question of like why he did what he did and like was it right or did he even feel like i think there was a cool ambiguity in the movie yeah right that, where that's benny exactly. benny comes at him benny safty yeah and he's like you don't even know what you think like <laughs> <laughs> I believe yeah. he is loyal to the United States. Yeah. I, I believe this. <laughs> People are like underrating how fucking ridiculous. I know. I know. Benny I know. is. He's like, did they talk about nuclear diffusion? <laughs> it's just so. It's like I was like, what, does he know that this is funny? The same thing with the Einstein shit, where he like rocks up oh, out yeah, yeah. from this, behind the car. Yeah. It's like, I was it's like, like is he end. playing into how funny this shit is? I, I really, I honestly don't think so. I, Nolan strikes me as not having a sense of humor. I believe this. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, I mean, I found Benny obviously distracting for obvious reasons, but like it, it's not that it, what do you think? What do you think of his acting? It was just, it was, it was a strange performance. I've really, cause I really like his acting and everything else I've seen him in. He's basically pretty good. Yeah. It's definitely like, I I, I'm, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, it's distracting. The, the casting must be distracting for everybody. But I was like, not that many people like know that about him or like know him as. No, like, no, it's oh, only that's distracting the for like, Benny Safty. It's distracting for like the people that listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. No, what's distracting is the fucking Drake and Josh bull pressing the button. I mean, I was like, that's a crazy move. <laughs> <laughs> like that's real crazy. Was it Drake Bell or Josh Peck? Which one is it? Uh, wait, I f- it's Drake. Is it Drake? Right. No, I think it's Josh. It was Josh. Yeah, I can't remember which one's which. It's Josh. It's Josh Peck. It's the the skinny one. He got like. It, How do we not know? He got like canceled for. Uh, I know he's like. I don't like, know. Was like underage shit or something. It was some bad stuff. Yeah. Um, Drake Bell is that the bull who pressed the atomic bomb Damn, button? I actually really don't know which one. No, it's Josh Peck. I mean that makes sense. That bull's some Josh Peck motherfucker. What's that movie that he's in? Where like he doesn't he like get killed? You know, it's like it's like a group of kids, and they like play a prank on him. You know what I'm talking about? What do we think, Josh? What Pike is that Net worth is hooking up. Wait, what is that movie? Six million. Um. Mean Creek. Did you ever see that? Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. Wow. I totally forgot about that. How do you I, know about that? I like watched it. <laughs> you, know, you decided to watch Mean Creek. One I mean, night? I watched it like it was like a. I mean, I don't even remember when this was. It was probably in like college or something. Do you fuck with Jennifer's body? I never saw it. Really? Yeah. You should watch it. Yeah. Pretty, I know I should. It's I pretty should. fun. Um, mean Creek. I feel like Mean Creek was actually heat. I have no... I definitely had no critical faculties I when know. I watched that movie. 
Um, no, let me just get to like my problem with Nolan's filmmaking in a nutshell, because I've always felt it in all of his movies. Um, Wait, what's his first movie? Searching? Is that what it's called? Following. Following. I've actually never seen Following, I don't think. I like really don't like it. I was excited for it. I thought Following? I thought it was like this is the one that you I You watched like. it at home? Yeah. Like oh wow. Years ago. Um just like on uh, I forget, it was like on Criterion or something. I mean my but favorite Nolan movie still by far is Memento. It's the only one I've enjoyed, honestly. Memento is fucking sick. Um But just like Inception, Tenant, like I Interstellar. Did you see Tenant? No. Interstellar is probably the big one. I mean, Interstellar is pretty fucking fire, but the they all lack any realistic humanity. Like it, they're it, all because it's it feels like a guy who's just like so excited. He he's like the type of filmmaker you're talking about. Some like weird, just like technical like bro filmmaker. You know what I'm talking about? He well, just he's gets very. I realize he's just he's very British. He's he's British in the yeah. way that it's sort of like. There's no snark in it, obviously. Like these movies are dead ass, but there's like no. I know it's always thought of as being bad to be like having any level of irony, but I think like when you go that in this far in the direction of Nolan, where there's like almost yeah, like Oppenheimer basically isn't funny, other than when Einstein rocks out from the back of the car, <laughs> and he's like he's like Robert, <laughs> like, <laughs> um. But yeah, it just seems like the sense of humor's off. There's just something sort of like a little sterile. I just found all of the stuff with um, Florence Pugh, like his the his like girl the like commie girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I actually thought Emily Blunt was great in the interrogation scene where she, that like interchange they have where she like kind of like lays it down on his behalf. You know when everyone's getting interviewed and that like oh fake, like like in trial. in the in the yeah, like yeah. flash forward part yeah yeah. 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 Like when when Emily Blunt comes in and he's like, you know, Cookie's gonna kill it or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Um, her performance in that scene is pretty amazing. Yeah, like she's a great actress. But all of the intimacy, like when they're fu- when it's like the weird like psychedelic sequence and they're in the interrogation room thing, court case style shit. What psychedelic sequence? Where he's like having sex, where he's like talking about like he went back and saw the girl before she killed herself. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they're like yeah, suddenly yeah. like having sex. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh my god. I was like, you gotta be. Is this serious? Yeah, I felt like he was like trying to sprinkle it in. I was yeah. like, what are in God's name are you doing? <laughs> it's like there's no reason for that to happen. First yeah. of all, that's not in the Wikipedia. Yeah. That is that happening? Yeah. <laughs> it's like them having sex in front of the jury. Isn't the like the cyanide apple thing also? Wasn't that made up? That was underratedly really random also. I, I'm pretty sure that isn't real. I'm pretty sure he made that up. I, someone told me that. I really? Someone said that. I'm I mean, lo- it felt, I, I'm looking it up. It felt sort of like out of character for the at least the version of Oppenheimer that's being portrayed. It definitely felt weird. Um, I'm looking that up. Hold on. But the intimacy scenes just seemed so like... I was like, this is not how it is. It's just like, I, feel, I just felt like it was... Whenever he does emotion or like things that are intimate, emotionally intimate, they always just feel so s- fucked up and like n- not well represented. They just f- don't feel like. Yeah, real. well, but I think I just kind of knowing him as a filmmaker, I I probably agree with you. But I I kind of took that as a purposeful move because he didn't seem like an actually emotional. No, no, no that makes emotionally yeah. intimate person. Well, when he's talking to Florence, or I forget her name in the movie, but 
and he's like saying like i have to move on like you know he's like marrying emily blunt mm-hmm. and he's like they're kind of having that conversation that came across in that scene because i was like oh this is like some unfeeling bull yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Does not, is not emotionally available you know they gave his their baby up and like obviously that is at play with his character also he was like you know uh, br- they forgive a lot of things for brilliance where he's just sort of like full of himself mm-hmm. it's like I, I can get away with anything style shit. yeah 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 but still, it's like an interstellar. Like me and my brother always make fun of like Matthew McConaughey like crying as he's driving. I forget like why it's happening, but there's just like him like covered in tears driving <laughs> with like a Hans Zimmer score. It's just yeah. like so ridiculous. It's yeah, just like yeah, so yeah. like who actually is emoting from this scene? This yeah, is like yeah, so yeah, right, hilarious. Right. Um, but he's just such an accomplice. I mean, like I actually thought the score was like really sick. Yeah, like, it went I crazy. You already know. I'm sure everyone who knows us knows what scenes we were about. But just, oh my god, yeah, we got to mention the <laughs> yeah the sequence of him like yeah like his like, award speech or like the victory speech of like the bomb being dropped and then like and the weird silence and the and, and he's like seeing, but he's like if only we had dropped it on Germany and like everyone's like yeah but like yeah. you can't hear anybody you can only hear the footsteps and then everything flashes white like on some lynch yeah. shit and then like. The chick's face is melting. I yeah. was like, "Oh man, this is fire!" That that's really sick. And then obviously, when they actually test it, and it all goes quiet, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, it still it's no episode eight, Twin Peaks episode eight. But yeah, by the way, if you if you've seen Oppenheimer and you haven't seen episode eight of Twin Peaks: The Return, yeah, go take a look. But but no, but not even fair to compare it. Honestly, those scenes are incredible. And 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 yeah, that victory speech scene. But then he kind of like, so the victory speech, it's obviously it's him grappling with the morality of the whole thing. And then, but it kind of like moves on from that pretty fast. Yeah. And at first I was like, huh. But then I think that's probably, that's just kind of how it was back then. He didn't like talk about shit. It was like kind of like he had this kind of. Everything swept under the rug. Yeah. And then he kind of just learned to like push it to the back of his mind. I kind of read it like that. I don't know how intentional that was or if it was just like, I have to throw in the moral thing and then I'll. Well, when, on my first viewing of the movie, like the first 10 minutes, I, I started getting like really nauseous at like how quick, fast paced everything is and how I, I just I couldn't digest everything so quickly. It's like the editing style that he's going with yeah. these days is like like so wicked fast. That's like ridiculous. I know it was like I, it, it, it was almost like funny. It was like. It was, it was like, like in yeah. flashback and like suddenly he's in yeah, this other but country. Even just like a random conversation is like cut, is cut to be so fast. Yeah. Just like, Jesus, slow down. Like even, it, which is in a way kind of cool. Cause it, these, it's exhausting for three hours. It is exhausting. I will say it, it does make the three hours go by somewhat quickly. I didn't, I didn't think they went. Oh, they, it felt long to you. Yeah. I, I saw it twice and if it didn't, neither time felt long. I can't believe you saw it twice. I know. It's actually unbelievable. Yeah. I will say, as much as I love that Village East Theater, it really, the Lincoln Square is the place to go. Why? Because the sound. Sound is off in the theater. (laughs) I mean, it's good. It's like, sounds good, but just like, you can't, like, just modern shit sounds better. It's just like modern theaters. Yeah, yeah. They're making it crack harder. Um, Yeah, I can't, well, it's actually, it's strange now that I've given it insane heat, but I also couldn't imagine watching it again. Uh I feel like that about most of his movies. Literally the only, I would never, I had no interest in actually watching what it was again. It really was just about like seeing it. There's a a real documentary on Oppenheimer. That's supposed to be great. Yeah. uh, I want to watch that. I would be interested in seeing now. 
I actually don't really even give a shit about any of anything to do with it. Um, I don't like historically. I just it's uh, for some reason I'm, I, I don't care at all. Like I was watching the movie as a, as like art, essentially. No, I I want to watch the, the documentary because I think, from what I understand, the documentary it's I I actually think he he was really kind of like, he spent the rest of his life kind of. Torn up about the moral and like like or like thinking was his life's work done for a used for bad kind of thing. Well, it is funny that Robert Downey Jr.'s character, it Robert like, Downey Jr. was sick in it. He also killed it. Yeah, but like the you know he's obviously set up as like the villain Strauss. Yeah, his name. Um, or just like the antagonist. But there he he has like a, a speech towards the end of the movie, which really hit home about how like you know, he wanted all of this and, you know, like he's like every antagonistic guy in the movie, like the, the prosecutor or whoever's like interviewing everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. how they keep being like, Oh, like Op- Robert Oppenheimer, the martyr. And I was like, look, he's so true. Like he like helped build the shit. But then suddenly he was like, no, I was like against it. It's like, you built it, dude. Yeah. And like, everyone's like, <laughs> it's like randomly, what are you talking about? Like there is, I think the way that it was exploring, like the, not the ego. What's that word? The the hubris of mm-hmm. like wanting to be known for like creating something like so powerful, powerful and like historically significant. Yeah. But then yeah, being yeah. like, no, but it wasn't supposed to be used for this. Yeah. It's like obviously on some level, like when you're building a literal bomb, it's like <laughs> it's like you do kind of know. You know what I mean? There was some element of like, of course, he's like a physicist. Like, of course, he wants to be like remembered and right. But it, I mean. Yeah, I mean, but that you got to like the i the the feelings towards kind of just patriotism and war back then are much different than our lifetime. So it's a kind of like the average American's attitude towards this thing. Yeah, is is it's like something we can't really relate to. It's just because we were raised thinking a certain way about just like war. no, definitely. I mean, I was I was randomly fucking with Truman when he meets with Truman, where he's like, I feel I have blood on my hands mr president and yeah. he's like you think anybody gives a fuck who built the thing it's like i dropped it yeah. and i was like so true actually yeah i mean like he was he was supposed to be an asshole in that moment and he like obviously was being a piece of shit but like as he's walking out he's like don't let that cry baby back in here yeah and i was like randomly i'm going with Truman. <laughs> <laughs> no but there was an element of like yeah, you got your Time magazine cover. Like, Ramley, shut the fuck up. Like, if you can't... Like, his... Right, it's easy the to be against it after carried the, yeah, on yeah, with yeah, his yeah. life is low-key but kind of annoying. that's what I'm saying. But we... That's... We, like, you just don't... You got to take into account the way people thought about, like, their duty to their country in that era. No, I know. I believe this. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, no, that's it. Well, I just... At the end with the Robert Downey Jr. thing, I was like... Obviously, that guy was, like, evil for, like, trying to, like, ruin the guy's reputation or whatever. But there was an element of, like, I kind of would probably agree. Like, I I feel the same way to some degree. That it's, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't build the bomb and then be the martyr. Yeah. Which I thought that the movie explores that. Well, that's but that's kind of why I wanted. I, I I would be interested to actually you know learn what I'm talking about and, like, watch a documentary or something. Because, you know, I don't know how much... I don't know. I just would like to see more in depth because it was so much just, and this is honestly probably goes to Brody's criticism. There was so much of 
like the whole movie for like over an hour and a half is to get you to that point. Yeah. And then he starts to grapple with the morality. But there was in the whole section leading up to that, you didn't really, it didn't really paint how much kind of how much he was aware of well, it does where it was going, but obviously it's a bomb. So there's that moment where they're in Los Alamos and his friend is like, I'm not going to be coming here, Robert. And he's like, why not? And he's like, because I don't want like the two or three, de- this two or three yeah. decades of physics to be, be the cause of like human death and destruction or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, the Japanese aren't going to stop. We have to do this. There's, we have no choice. Or like the Germans are going to do it or like whatever. Yeah. He was just, he saw it as like an inevitable fate, which is, which is, which is, which is probably facts, but it doesn't, in a way, like you can't, if you're making that argument, you're making the decision. It's like, okay, so you're being right. fatalistic and saying, like, we're, the world's going to erupt into nuclear war or an arms race regardless. And therefore, we must build the bomb, which is like not objectively true. It's like that is a decision that he was making. Because in a way, maybe, like, imagine if, if he wasn't heading the Manhattan Project and that bomb was never built, who knows what would have happened? I mean, maybe we, maybe we would have gotten fucked up. I mean, it's probably, mm-hmm. it's, it's possible or probable even. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's like he built it and that's what killed all the Japanese people and our people. You know what I mean? It's like hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, so I just, I thought that the movie dealt well with representing, it's just like it, it represented that problem well. It, yeah. I guess I just wish, because it was so focused on kind of in the early parts of the movie, it was so focused on the kind of like, high society like academia like anti-communism thing but i want i wanted it to focus more on like what the actual kind of national attitudes on patriotism and the war were you know kind of never left like his bubbles way of thinking well, yeah, I mean, in that way, that that is like the Wikipedia element of the movie. Where exactly. It's kind of like going through the that's like, what I'm saying. I think that what that's and that's what I'm saying. Investigating think, anything of interest. It's that, not like a, bo- a good novel. Yeah, like, that's the part of that Brody criticism that I that I actually now I that I kind of understand it for that reason because like on face value, I don't. Of course, it's going to just go through what happened. That's yeah, like what is it good? But biopic, in a way, but, it's like it is an important historical thing that like not many people know the yeah, details yeah, yeah. of. I I sure didn't. Like, yeah, I didn't definitely because I don't care. But like, well, like a movie like Inherent Vice is like the complete opposite, where it's like the plot essentially like doesn't matter, doesn't even really make sense. But like the the ambient air of like paranoia and distrust in the government looms over everything and is deeply felt. Yeah. The sentiment or, of what's going on in the country was not really felt. Right. Well, that's kind of what, what, what's, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. What's that link letter animated thing that no one ever talked about except for us? Oh, yeah. That was Loki conspiracy. The moon landing shit. That the moon landing. Oh, I ran have no, or it's like Apollo uh, eight and a half. Or yeah, yeah, 11 yeah. and a half or some shit. Yeah. Some shit like that. Wow. I don't, it's just like, obviously. That was cold posts. <laughs> Dude, no one ever talked about it. It was like it. in theaters. I know. I think it like kind of did well also. I, it, it was good. It was really good, and it, like once we realized that there was like a weird conspiratorial like undertone, we I, I like couldn't stop thinking about. It. Anyway, yeah. maybe that's why it was shadow banned. But I just loved how that movie took, like, kind of put into context why the space race was such right, yeah, yeah, yeah. a heavy thing because it was like a way of creating like a national pride and a patriotism, yeah. and it was like dealing with I don't know. It was just it. I really liked how. That's Linkletter shit, obviously. Just this kind of like depicting this ambient, yeah, 
emotionality or whatever. That's what I'm saying is that that's what no one exactly. can do at all. But but it, it just made me think about it in a way I'd never thought about it before or, or thought about history before because like the way you, you the way you view history if you're learning history especially on the kind of base level yeah. is this Wikipedia style you're like learning about what happened but there's this other element and even if you want to like it, like why was the moon landing so important and why is it something that we've never done again if you even believe that it actually happened but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, why yeah. why was that important then? And it's not important now. Why have we never gone back? Right. It's like you don't real like you can start to like question that because you're like, or you can just start to wonder those things because you don't have like a context for why it was important in the moment. And like the thing that Linklater did really well yeah. was show the kind of patriotism, um, yep. and also just I think how that ties into you know the middle class at the time and just like the family values of the time and how that tied into like patriotism and 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 you know and the advent of tv and all those kind of stuff like he he really like gave this historical thing in like a like just gave it a context well, that he gives a that, wide like an emotional context of it that, that like, you were like inside you know, someone's what house was in, we're seeing the tv yeah you see like what was in the air in the average middle yeah. class family at that time and that's an important way to view history i think and what i'm saying is yes Oppenheimer does not have that kind of perspective, even though it kind of like hints at it or, or, or it hints at his, or it's like he has his emotional fallout and it hints that that's because he's like kind of coming to terms with, um, you know, maybe he was kind of blinded by the like need for innovation and that yeah. kind of thing. But the reason he had need for innovation and was because of a patriotism, um, that was in the air because of the war. And it's like that kind of thing. I would love to have wanted would love to have seen explored more in like that kind of just emotional yeah. or ambient way. Does that make sense? Definitely. I mean, that I think that that is the crux of what I have difficulty with, with all of Christopher Nolan's movies yeah. is that they don't do that. Yeah. He's like a purely conceptual filmmaker. He's interested in concepts Yeah, and exploring like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the problem of morality is always in, in his movies a bit. Like that's like the most human thing I could say for most of his movies. But like there's very, He's just he's not he's not like a like the movies his movies are not really nuanced as as like as mind fuck as they can be they're like not interested in exploring like human complexity really mm-hmm. like even in the human complexity of Oppenheimer is just like the moral question of should we have dropped a bomb or not it's like not that complicated. yeah it's yeah exactly obvious. or and it wasn't even it didn't even really paint him as like a complex figure it was like dude was smart and he liked to yeah. like fuck women. I mean, his uh, Killian Murphy was sick. Like the his performance oh, he's was great. Am, he's yeah, a, yeah, he's amazing. But yeah, it's he's not. There's something somehow like not super compelling about him as a character. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, I'm starting to agree with Brody more and more the more we talk about it. <laughs> Brody, Brody just like is trying to hit at the movie and just like be a curmudgeonly like you know contrarian. To be fair, I I don't even know if it was. Oh, oh side. It's called Apollo Ten and a Half: A Space Age Childhood. That's the Linklater movie. Right, right, right. Um. I don't even know if that with the Wikipedia comment was Brody's. Uh, I will say the VFX in the movie are incredible. Like all of the like yeah. atomic level ion oh, yeah, style so shit is going so crazy. Yeah. Like every time I loved when it was, I almost wished it was interwoven even more than it was. But you know when that just like real life footage would just get like intercut with like random explosion shit. Just random like. <laughs> Actually look the tagline for uh, Brody's thing. What? 
Christopher Nolan's biopic is so intent on being a morality tale that it misses its protagonist complexity. So there you go. I literally just said exactly what Brody said. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. It's just like he goes so ham where it's like, dude, the movie's still pretty fire. Like, yeah. put, you, he need, like Brody needs to put his perspective into... I don't know. He needs to put his perspective into perspective. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was him that said Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like he's, too, he's too emotional a critic or something. Or there's something... No, I don't. I don't agree with this. I don't think the movie respect, was bad. I gave it insane heat, but I that aspect of it, I do really. No, yeah, with. that's the problem with it. And it actually is kind of a big problem. It is, but I don't think it's like bad for the world. It's not like a bad for the world problem. Like I, I don't have any problems with like young kids seeing Oppenheimer. And like, I don't even think that's what he's saying. I think I think he's just saying, you know, that's not that compelling of a movie. Because even though it had all the bells and whistles, it was missing the complexity of the character. I don't think he's like painting it in some like yeah, it was irresponsible kind of thing. I know, but he you don't understand. He puts on for the randomest bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like in the context of what he thinks is like really great art. It's like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Oppenheimer goes crazy with it. It goes yeah. so fire emoji. Like give it, give it, like put some respect on its name. Yeah. <laughs> Like he, that's what I'm, he's the epitome of like, you do it then, dude. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like if I was Christopher Nolan, I'd be like, dude, you fucking do it then. Are yeah. you like, I went so crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's sick. I like Oppenheimer, but it really was kind of the big moral is just like, oh no, was bombing bad. Yeah. It's a, it, it's boring. It, yeah. But saving grace character of the year. Cinematic character of the year, Albert Einstein. Hundred <laughs> percent. When he rocks up from behind the car, <laughs> like in his pajamas and just like giving that look, it's like oh. I, when the first scene with him by the lake, I was, was still, epic. I was still dying. I was like, well, we got like Einstein in here. I know, I know. And he's like approaching, you like here, and I was like, oh, like, I'm like, this is. So, I, I actually think the he, motherfucking god, the god, Albert Einstein. I, I know that's the. We should change the Abby. No more. It's Einstein time. <laughs> Einsteinized. So true. I'm talking about. Yeah. At like one of that like space center that's in Jersey City. Yeah. Throw a party there. You already know. You already know. There were some really cool cameos in the not cameos even, but like Josh Hartnett as the other professor at the Casey school. Casey Affleck. The motherfucking. Guy. I, that was a oh, his performance was sick. I know. The way he was like grilling him. I know. Oh man, he's so he, he's he's yeah he's so. When sick. Al asks him who you're like who what actors are you like interested in, yeah. it's like honestly the only answer is Casey Affleck. Yeah, um, Rom, I was dead at Rami Malek like not talking the whole movie, and then at the end like laying down the gavel and like calling Strauss out in court, like with just his like Mister Robot like yeah. deer in the headlights eyes the whole time. Well, fuck, who else? There's mad people. Yeah. I mean, Matt Matt Damon yeah. obviously crushed. Yeah, he crushed. Um, Dane DeHaan, the kid from Place Me on the Pines, plays as like evil, like the kid in the glasses, who's like, you don't, you don't have your security clearance yet. That's not my problem. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. It's wow. not, it's not my fault that you know. What I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the cast. I just, I ultimately, despite like I prefer someone like PTA, but like I love these movies that are like so. I have such unbelievable casts and like have lots of money behind them and like. Mm -hmm. They're just these like giant, like I like when an artist or someone who is at least on some level, like an auteur filmmaker, like somewhat interesting gets access to like all of the sickest people. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm just like, this is sick. Yeah. No, I mean, it was sick. I had fun. Definitely a little long, but, uh, yeah, I agree with some of Brody's points about it. Even though I don't agree that it's 
I think it's still it's still gets an insane heat. It's just obviously sick. It just is obviously sick. It's obviously sick. All right, Barbie. Yeah. You want to hear what we thought about Barbie? And much more. Well, you're going to have to hear the second half of the episode, which is behind the paywall. And you can get behind that paywall with the other elite over at patreon.com slash the ion pack where you'll hear the rest of this episode and plenty more patreon.com slash the ion pack you already know patreon 